Well, it's good to be here. My daughter Lola is with me. She is in kids' church. She is, she's kind of like my roadie. She goes wherever I go, um, more than my wife does, <laughs> generally, because my wife is busy with other things. Uh, but my daughter doesn't really have any commitments. She's eight years old and loves being with her dad, which is quite cool for me. Um, and uh, her name's Layla, by the way. She's eight years old, and uh, she's in kids' church right now. And uh, she loves uh, she loves um, visiting our other congregations. And I love to get her perspective on how things are as well. Um, you know, it's fun, isn't it? It's fun visiting the other congregations. You see what they're doing well. You see what's um, there's, I mean, obviously, when I visit Haven't, there's nothing that isn't done well. Um, and uh, and then we have the chance to talk about it. It's brilliant. Um, but that's not the real reason I'm here. The real reason I'm here is because I love God's church, family church, um, and uh, just love uh, seeing what God's doing in each of our locations. Um, and, uh, uh, and I've got a word to share this morning, which I'll get on to in just a minute. Um, but I really believe there is, is great health here in Haven't. Um, Steve warned me that there's a few key people away. He was trying to make excuses if, if something went wrong today. He was like, don't worry, there's a few key people away. Uh, but I thought things were great this morning and, and got a great welcome. And if you are visiting today, um, this is our big church family and uh, we really, really want to welcome you into to our church family today. And uh, there's no expectations. We just want you to relax and, and enjoy yourself and you're going to meet some great people as well. So, um, yeah, my wife sends her love. So she's serving in kids' church this morning, Carla, um, in Rising Stars, which is our infant school age group. Uh, Elliot, my middle son, he is also serving with her this morning in kids' church. And um, my eldest son, Corbin, is on the drums in Portsmouth this morning. And like I say, Layla's got no commitments whatsoever, so she just does whatever I do. Um, (coughs) Which is cool. Does this need to have some time on it or no? No. Is there a clock somewhere? Hmm? No, there's not. Um, yeah, I just need a clock or something. I'd probably rather have the time, actually. My phone's there. Can I have that? I don't wear a watch because I keep breaking them. Thanks. All right. Oh, yeah, 11.19. Got ages. Great. <laughs> so this morning... <coughs> I'm going to be speaking about um, building healthy relationships. Um, and I thought this was quite apt today because this week on Friday, I met up with um, a 78-year-old man who is my friend. Uh, Don Carpenter is his name. And he, um, he lives in Canada, in New Brunswick, Canada. Comes over here once or twice a year, um, preaches a bit. Uh, generally goes to to the church that I grew up in in Southampton, which is called Victory Gospel Church, and um, and I met him when I was about fifteen or sixteen years old, and uh, so that's uh, thirty two years ago. Wow, thirty two years ago I met him, and I was sitting in church as a as a as you, I was sixteen um, when I remember this occasion, and I was making notes in my notebook as he was preaching. And he stopped preaching and said, you, you, the call of God is upon your life. Um, he knows I take the mickey out of his accent. Well, I'm not really taking the mickey. I'm just trying to speak like him. Um, and he grabs my notebook and says, wow, these are great notes, son. You, the call of God's on your life. And do you know what? As a 16-year-old, um, I felt seen. 
I felt seen by God um, and a bit embarrassed as well. Um, and he started reading through my notes, and they were quite good notes, actually, I have to say, uh, you know, being me. Um, and, and he started reading through my notes, and, and we got chatting afterwards and said, in a couple of years, he said, in a couple of years, I'm going to be opening a Bible school in, in Canada, and I'd like you to come. And I said, okay. <laughs> and uh, so I did my A-levels, I went to college, did that. And I was due to go to Bible school, and, uh, and then he phoned and said, oh, sorry, it's not going to open this year, you're going to have to wait another year. Um, so I worked for a year, and then I went to his Bible school. I was one of four students the first year it opened, four students, full-time. Uh, there were three full-time teachers and four full-time students. It was in the middle of nowhere, one hour from the nearest settlement, um, if you can call it that, um, in the, literally in the middle of nowhere. And it was a year with me and God and three other students, um, but it was amazing. Anyway... Um, whenever he's over here, at least once a year, I, I meet up with him. The only difference is to, to when I used to meet up with him, he used to buy me lunch. Um, now I have to buy him lunch. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and he always chooses like, the expensive places as well. He's got it sorted, hasn't he? Uh, and, uh, but we have a good catch-up. And, and that's a relationship that, um, you know, the big, big age difference there, huge age difference, you know, massive. Um, and... Uh, but, but um, you know, it's, in fact, he was my age when I first met him, which I, it's like, wow, he's always seemed like old to me. Um, and older, I mean, I know there's people older than 78 here. He's always seemed older. Um, and, uh, and it's good to, to have um, varied relationships. It's good to have friendships um, with younger people and older people um, and um, people that are from different cultures, uh, to, to the culture that you've grown up in and, and so on. Uh, and I'm really blessed. I was just um, thinking about that and thinking, wow, how blessed I am to have such a variety of friendships and relationships in my life. <coughs> I mean, you couldn't get much more different. I grew up in the New Forest. My wife grew up in Birmingham. And somehow, we got together. Like, how about that? And as they say, you can take the girl out of Birmingham. But Jeanette? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's start with the scripture. 3 John verse 2. It says this. 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And I think you've focused around this verse for the last couple of weeks. That word prospers, it means to be successful, to do well. Well-being it's speaking about. So let's just Change the word there. Beloved, I pray that you may do well in all things or have well-being in all things and be in health just as your soul does well. Okay, so um, how well our soul is doing has a direct uh, connection with how well our life in general is doing. Okay, so all areas of our lives directly relates to the well-being of the soul. So in simple terms... What is your soul? Your soul, in very simple terms, is your mind, your thinking, your will, so the choices you make, and your emotions, your emotional life. And when my mind and my will and my emotions are in a healthy place, then other areas of my life will be healthy, right? So, what does this mean? As a Christian, this means, what's a healthy mind? A healthy mind is when my thinking lines up with the very best way of thinking, which is God's way of thinking. Um, 
when I, my thinking lines up with God's kingdom way of thinking rather than the world's way of thinking, then that is going to cause my mind to be in a healthy place. My will. So when my choices line up with the choices that God, who is my loving father and wiser than any other, um, wants me to make, when my choices line up with God's way of doing things, then I have a healthy will. And uh, my emotions. When my emotional life lines up with the way that God designed me to be, the way that he designed me to express and experience emotion, then I'll be healthy emotionally as well. And it's really important that we're healthy in those areas of our internal life because those areas of our internal life have a direct um, connection to our external life. And I know you've been speaking about this over the last two weeks. You've spoken about... Anyone tell me what you spoke about two weeks ago? Thank you. Well done. Who said that? Healthy priorities. Brilliant. Ah, Daphne course she does the screen doesn't she so okay it's there on the desk um and then last week what did we talk about last week Daphne healthy mindsets well done I'm glad it's all been sinking in (laughs) okay you'll have to ask next week what we spoke about this week yeah (laughs) Um, so today I'm going to be speaking about healthy relationships, healthy relationships, and, um, and I'm going to base this around uh, the foundation of having a healthy mind, will, and emotions. Right, so number one, healthy relationships come from healthy thinking. There it is. It must be true. It's on the screen. So healthy relationships come from healthy thinking. So when it comes to building healthy relationships in our lives, we need to learn to think as God thinks. Now what God thinks about relationships flows from a heart of love, but not love as the world knows love. We understand that God's love is completely pure, completely unconditional, um, completely sacrificial. It is the, the Greek word is agape. It's all giving, isn't it? God's love. Um, It's totally selfless. Um, And God's love, as we know, was brought to humanity by Jesus, who demonstrated the Father's way of thinking in the way that he did relationships. So Jesus carried this unconditional and selfless love of God, and because he carried it, um, the way that he thought perfectly reflected Father God's way of thinking when it came to relationships. And so this is what it looked like. When it came to Jesus and relationships, Jesus had meaningful relationships with men and women of all ages. Okay, so when you have healthy thinking regarding relationships, you can have meaningful relationships with men and women of all ages. Jesus, um, his relationship with the woman in his life was pure, He treated them as sisters. Jesus honored his parents. Uh, Jesus had different levels of friendship. He had some who were very close to him, uh, some who were on kind of like the next level of friendship. Um, And so there was different um, aspects of of life that he shared with those different levels of friends. Um, and, And the closer people were, the more deep and, and trusting um, the relationships were. So Jesus knew how, where to position people in his life in terms of friendships. 
Uh, Jesus was totally committed to friendships. He was a totally faithful friend. He never let his friends down. Jesus was accountable to those he walked closely with. I think that's a really important point, accountability. You don't, when you share your life with someone that you trust, um, you become accountable. Um, <coughs> Jesus always spoke the truth, always. Um, and he found ways of doing that that didn't drive people away, um, his friends away, but actually drew them closer and helped them understand how they could apply that truth to their lives. Um, Jesus never sought friendships for what he could get from them. Jesus saw value and purpose in everyone, including children. He was not racist or prejudiced in any way. In fact, he was drawn to those who were outcast or rejected by society. Jesus did friendships, relationships really well. He was comfortable in the company of the poor and the rich. Jesus was comfortable when he was with the least and when he was with the greatest. He was comfortable when he was with those who were considered the worst of sinners, but also those who uh, lived righteously. He was comfortable to be around the religious people. Jesus never wrote anyone off, but he always sought to heal and restore. That's how Jesus thought about relationships, and that's how it was uh, manifest in his life. I believe... Um, well, this is, a, this is the truth. When you accepted Jesus, um, your heart was filled with the love of God, that unconditional, selfless love. And it says in Romans 5, verse 5, it says, The love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So when you said yes to Jesus, when you accepted that Jesus took your sin upon the cross, that he died in place of you to take the punishment for all of your wrongdoing so that you could be made right with God and walk in relationship with God. When Jesus did that, you were made perfect in God's sight and therefore God was able to come and make his home in you by his Holy Spirit. And when God moved in, when God filled you with his Holy Spirit, and by the way, he wants to fill you every day with his spirit. When God fills you with his spirit, you're filled with the unconditional love of God and that gives you the ability to love as Jesus loved and to build relationships and think about relationships in the same way that Jesus thought about relationships. And of course, the thing that we have to do is renew our minds. I'm sure you were talking about that last week. Uh, the thing that we have to do is, is change our thinking so that we no longer think about relationships and friendships as the world does, but we think about relationships as God does, as Jesus did, as we just saw. So this is the foundation for thinking as God does about relationships, letting God's love change our hearts, letting that love be what directs us and leads us when it comes to relationships. Um, And then, of course, changing our thinking to line up with God's way of thinking. That's the first thing. The second thing I want to talk about is healthy relationships come from healthy choices. So the first thing, healthy relationships come from healthy thinking. Secondly, healthy relationships come from healthy choices. Now, when it comes to building healthy relationships, we need to make choices that God wants us to make. God has um, 
an opinion. He, he has wisdom that he wants to share with us when it comes to our friendships, our relationships. And the Bible is full of God's wisdom regarding um, the choices that we make about relationships. <coughs> when we make choices based on God's wisdom, we are more likely to build healthy relationships with our spouse, which is very important, with our friends, with our parents, with our children, with our colleagues, with our neighbors, and the list goes on, doesn't it? And the key is what? God's wisdom. Applying God's wisdom to the choices that we make about our relationships. Now, I say we're more likely to build healthy relationships because actually... Building a healthy relationship involves more than one person, doesn't it? It involves the other person as well. Um, and sometimes it's possible to make a relationship... Um, sometimes, sorry, it's, it's not possible to make a relationship work when the other party doesn't want to. Um, but even then, even when they're against making that relationship work, by showing selfless love and kindness by praying for them, by being humble and teachable, by forgiving, miraculous things can happen, even in those relationships where you want to make it work and the other person doesn't, whether that's a friendship or um, marriage or, or whatever. But at the end of the day, um, it always involves, at the end of the day, it involves both making a choice to say, we want to make this work. Now, there's so much that I could share about making good choices regarding relationships, but I just want to share two things, just two things um, regarding God's wisdom for making God good choices in our relationships. Number one is forgiveness. It is absolutely vital to making relationships work, being a forgiving person. It says in Ephesians 4 verse 32, <coughs> And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. I love that God made the first move. I love it. When it came to God's relationship with us, he made the first move, didn't he? By forgiving us through Christ. And all we had to do was accept his forgiveness. And we're now in relationship with God. Um, and and God, God has every right to hold things against us. Yet he chose to never hold our sin against us um, through Christ because of his love for us. Because of his great mercy, we're saved. Um, the moment you accept Christ is the moment that you stand right in God's presence, which is absolutely mind-blowing. But the choice to forgive is fundamental to building healthy relationships because the need to forgive is certain. <laughs> the choice... Is fundamental because the need to forgive is certain. I'm sure that um, every one of us can think of relationships that we're in or have been in uh, where we have needed to forgive that person. Or, hands up, where they have needed to forgive us. I was telling, who was I telling about this, this the other day? Um, about, um, oh, I was at Forge on Monday night, I was telling them about how uh, in my first job that I had this year that I was working before I went over to Canada... Um, there was a, an, an elderly lady that worked there. And the minute I started working there, I thought to myself, she looks like Dot Cotton from EastEnders. 
Um, but for a while, I had enough wisdom not to share that with her. Um, and then one day, I thought, I'm, gonna, I'm feeling in a funny mood today. I'm going to just share it with her. Uh, she looks like Doc Cotton from EastEnders. And I did. And she did never want to see me again. Um, she didn't want to speak to me ever again. Um, and it took me weeks uh, to rebuild that um, relationship. Um, I, I hated like, how it like, made her feel. I hated how it made me feel because she literally wanted nothing to do with me. Um, and I apologised. I bought her flowers. Um, I wrote her a card. Um, and I was just nice to her. And, and eventually she softened and, and started talking to me again. Um, how stupid. <laughs> like when you think something like that. Advice, church, when you think someone looks like Doc Cotton from EastEnders, don't tell them. That's just my advice to you off the back of that experience in my life. Um, our ability to forgive others flows from a true understanding that God's forgiveness has been shown to us. I think if we truly understand that God has forgiven us, then we will be able to forgive other people. And it won't be, I mean, it's, sometimes it's difficult, but it won't be something that we allow ourselves um, to not do because we understand the greatness of God's forgiveness to us. If you find it difficult to forgive, what should you do? Ask God to give you a fresh understanding of his forgiveness towards you, and then you will find it easier to forgive others. The other thing about making good choices when it comes to our relationships is this. Um, We've got to choose our friends carefully. Choose our friends carefully. It says in Proverbs 12, verse 26, it says, The righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Who is righteous here today? Every one of you who has put your faith in Christ, you are righteous in the sight of God. You have been made right in the sight of God. So God is saying to us today that we should choose our friends carefully. Now, as Christians, God wants us to be careful about um, who we align ourselves with. Um, Because the thing is, um, whenever the Bible talks about the sea, it's talking about the world. And when it talks about the fish in the sea, it's talking about people in the world who are lost, who haven't yet started a relationship with God. Whenever the Bible talks about the field, it's talking about the world, the field of the world. Um, well, often it speaks about the field of the world. And, uh, and Jesus talks about the harvest in the field being ripe and, and God wanting us as Christians to go into the field to bring the harvest in. Okay, So we were saved from the sea. We were fish that have been caught by God. We were saved from the field. We're like wheat that has been brought in from the field. And now God has called us as Christians to sail with the saints, our brothers and sisters in Christ, um, with the mission of being fishers of men. Jesus said, come and follow me to his disciples, and I'll make you fishers of men. So God has called us to sail with the saints, to, to do life with our brothers and sisters in Christ, but he's given us a mission, which is to go into the field, to, um, into the, to go fishing on the fishing boat, to bring in those lost fish. Um, God's also called us to feast with the family of God. 
um, at the father's table. Think of the parable of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. The father sat his son down at the table and said, now feast with me. And I love that. You know, at the table, that's where the father shares his thoughts. He shares his hearts with his family. You sit with your family. You're in a safe place, a place of, of feasting, a place of, of provision. Um, but we haven't been called to spend all our time at the table because we just become fat Christians if we do. God's called us to go into the field of the world to bring in the harvest, the, the wheat, um, well, those that, that will be wheat that, that God calls us to, to bring in. Um, and I think that's, that's, again, really important. Um, who are you aligning yourself with in life? Because the fact is, if you spend all of your time all of your time outside of a Sunday morning with people who are not in relationship with God, you are going to really struggle. You're not going to grow um, as a Christian. But God hasn't just called you to spend time with, with your church family either. I think God's called you to, to grow with your church family, to sail on the boat with your church family, to feast at the table, and not just on Sunday mornings, but then also to go um, with the mission of bringing others in to the house of God. Amen? So let's make sure we do that. But let's also make sure we don't do what the elder brother in the parable of the prodigal son did, which was he had spent so much time in the field that he forgot what he had in the house didn't he? The father said to him when he got jealous of the feast that the father had thrown for the lost son who had come in, the father said to him, I've always been with you and all that I have is yours. But you forgot it. You forgot. Um, Let's not forget what we have in God's family. Amen? Um, We're called by God to not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. What does that mean? Well, it's not just speaking of, of the marriage relationship. Um, where God has very clearly um, called us to, to, when you're looking for a partner, um, God's called you to look for someone who is a Christian, who is spiritually uh, mature in God. Um, but not just that. Um, it's speaking of, of people that we're closely connected with. And, and, and so we've been called to not be unequally yoked. In other words, we shouldn't be connected to people who are living... Um, wrongly connected with people who are living in another camp. It's, it's about how close you allow people in your life. You know, Jesus, all the people that were close to him were his disciples. They were, they were people that were on the same page as him. Um, but did it mean that he never went to the homes of, of sinners and tax collectors? No. Very clearly, Jesus spent time with those people as well. But um, the people that he grew with were his disciples. Does that make sense? It says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33... It says, bad company corrupts good character. Um, It's true. Uh, Anyone ever heard the quote, show me your friends and I'll show you your future? Right? Steve has. (laughs) Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And it's very true that the people that you align yourself in line, they're the people that you become like. And so make sure you're aligning yourself with the right people. God's will is that we as Christians build good, strong friendships with our Christian brothers and sisters. It says in Proverbs 18, verse 24, a man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So to create good friendships, you've got to be friendly. But that scripture takes it even further and says, um, you know, we've got to be people who 
aren't just into friendships for what, for what we get from them, but we're people who are in it for the thick and the thin, you know, when it's tough, when it's not so tough. So this is why Steve and Kirsty and, and the team here are always keeping on at you, I know they do, um, about being in a small group, uh, serving on a team, being in a connect group, right? And the reason we do that is because we want to see you aligned with the right people. We want to see you have friends who are walking with God, growing in God, and who are going to help you step into the future that God has got for you. Amen? So if your only interaction with your, church, with your Christian family is on a Sunday morning, you will never develop um, meaningful relationships with other Christians. So let's use this as an opportunity to step further into what God wants us to do. And that is build meaningful relationships through spending time together. And the third area um, that God, um, I really believe, wants us to consider today. Um, You will build healthy relationships with healthy thinking, healthy relationships with healthy choices. And thirdly, healthy relationships come from a healthy emotional life. Let's talk about that. So... God gave us emotions because he wants us to interact on an emotional level, not just on a mental or or an intellectual level, right? He wants there to be heart connection, emotional connection. (coughs) God wants us (coughs) to be able to express ourselves emotionally as well as experience emotion and as well as understand how other people are feeling. I think that's all really important and really good. Um, Now, many of us suppress our emotions because here's some reasons you might suppress your emotions. Makes you feel too vulnerable. Uh, You feel you're too insecure to let your emotions out. Um, You're too proud to express how you're truly feeling. Sometimes you might suppress your emotions because you believe it's not acceptable to do this, you know. Men especially have this certain image that they want to keep up. I'm not a crier, uh, many men might say. Um, but I don't think that's the right way of thinking. Um, many people suppress their emotions because your upbringing never allowed you to develop emotionally healthy um, way of living, um, emotional maturity. Uh, some of you... Um, your, experience, your experiences have caused you to shut down emotionally. And, and that, there's many other reasons why people may not um, show emotion or have um, healthy emotional life. Um, and all of that, um, we have to get past that. And uh, we were talking this week, weren't we, about, about scratching below the surface, you know. Um, we've got to be people um, in each other's lives who... Um, where there's depth, where actually we know each other, um, not just on the surface, where where what we give others isn't just a surface thing or a show or what we want them to see, but we've got to get get deeper than that, haven't we? Now, there are others of us who are completely ruled by our emotions. Um, We have extreme emotional reactions to what others do and say. Um, How we feel completely dictates how our day is going to go. We use our emotions to control or to manipulate others. And that's also not a healthy emotional life. 
So there's a balance between um, suppressing your emotions and allowing your emotions to rule over you. And somewhere in the middle, there's a healthy emotional life where you're able to freely express and experience emotion, understand how other people are feeling, but also not be ruled over by your emotions. Now, it's a hugely complex area, isn't it? Which, again, we haven't got time today to, to really go too much into, but I believe God wants us to grow and to have freedom in this area so that we can connect with each other on an emotional level, not just um, a, a kind of mental or intellectual level. Um, God wants us to have emotional maturity. And, and maybe God's called us, the church, to show the world how to do it. In fact, there's some amazing stuff both in the world and in the Christian world um, that, that helps people um, grow in emotional well-being. So this is, I think, what God wants it to look like, um, where we can express appropriate emotional responses to our experiences. So what you're going through, you're able to laugh, or you're able to cry, or you're able to shed tears in a time of grief. Um, You're able to experience the emotion of anger without it ruling over you or causing you to sin and so on. Um, I believe that God wants us to understand and respond emotionally to how others are feeling. Compassion when people are hurting or maybe an anger type um, emotion when you see someone being mistreated that leads you to do something about that. Um, I also think that when you're emotionally healthy, you'll be able to be guarded and wise when it comes to um, who you let into your emotional life, who you really connect with on that level. Because there's some people that actually, they don't need to have that depth of relationship with you. You're probably better off having good boundaries there. Um, But also open and vulnerable to those that we trust in our lives. Um, And I believe that God wants us to have deep relationships where we go beyond the surface and walk together in a meaningful way. And I think if we can get that right in the church, then when we go into our own world, um, we're going to be people that really help others to also grow in that area. Proverbs 27 verse 6 says this. I'm just finishing now. It says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And, you know, my thought on that one is simply that it's good to have friends that can speak the truth to us. And that hurts sometimes, doesn't it? Sometimes we don't want to hear what they're saying. But we need to hear what they're saying because actually the things that could cause us to stumble in life are being addressed. And that's a really positive and really important thing. You know, I think that that manipulation and control come from insecurity. Um, and, and I think the quicker you recognize insecurities in your life and start to deal with those things, then it causes you to step into a freedom in terms of how you relate to people um, that will cause you to, to just be a much more whole person. And it will be, cause you to be a person that can listen to people's opinion. When someone disagrees with you, you're okay with that and you can talk about it in a mature way and so on. I mean, this is a huge subject, but, but let's, um, let's just recap quickly um, on, on the three things that I've spoken about today. Number one, healthy relationships come from healthy thinking. Healthy relationships, number two, come from healthy will or choices. 
And number three, healthy relationships come from healthy emotional life. And if we can just apply some of what we're talking about today, and I'm talking to myself here as well, by the way, if we can just apply some of this to our lives, then I really believe that we're going to grow big time in the way that we do relationships with each other. So I just want to go back to uh, the first point, which was um, thinking. The way that Jesus thought about relationships came from the heart that he had, the heart of love that he had for people. And that heart of love was the Father's heart, which was selfless and unconditional and a pure, all-giving love. And that's the love that God has for us. You know, God wants relationship with you, um, not for what he gains from it so much as what you will gain from having a relationship with him. He wants to share his strength and his wisdom um, with you. He wants to share his spirit with you. He wants to come and reside in your life by his Holy Spirit. He wants your life to be filled with his love. And when it is, it changes the way that we do life, doesn't it? It changes things so much. And if you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never accepted Jesus as your saviour, the one who took your sin on the cross, the one who took your place, took the punishment for you, the one who, because he did that, has made it possible for you to walk with God, to have a relationship with God that God always intended for you from the beginning. If you've never accepted Jesus, I'd like you to pray this prayer with me today. Would you just please bow your heads and close your eyes. We're just going to pray this prayer. Um, Please repeat after me. Say, Dear Father, I accept that I cannot live up to your perfect standard and I repent of my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. I believe that you forgive me and you make all things new. I surrender to you and want to take your path for my life. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and empower me to to live a life that honors you. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Just keep your heads bowed just for a moment. Um, If you prayed that prayer, you've just made peace with God. Oh, you've just made peace with God. You are fully accepted by God. He looks at you and he sees no wrongdoing, no sin anymore. He sees a person who is now perfect in his sight. And if that's you today, if you prayed that prayer, you've repented of your sin, you've said, God, I don't want to live that way anymore. I put my faith in Christ. Would you just raise your hand, please, for me today? Just raise your hand wherever you're sitting. I just want to be able to pray for you today. Anyone here today? You prayed that prayer. It's your first time praying that prayer. You've said yes to Jesus. Or maybe you've come back to him today. You're saying, no, today I'm going to restart my walk with God. Today I'm serious about walking with God like I never have been before. This is my moment. I'm going to walk with God now. Anyone? Okay, wonderful. Would you just please stand with me 
I just want to pray for all of you as we finish today. Um, and if that's you, if, if you know that there's an area of your thinking that is wrong when it comes to relationships, if you know that some of the choices that you're making at the moment um, are wrong when it comes to relationships, um, or if you know that um, your emotional life is uh, not allowing you to build the relationships that God wants for you, then let's just give that to God today. Let's just close our eyes and lift your hands, if you will, um, in worship to God as a sign of surrender to God. And maybe as you lift your hands today, just lift up those things in your life that you know you need to do better, the things that you know you need to deal with today, that area of thinking that you know isn't the will of God when it comes to the relationships that you have. Those choices that you're making, perhaps even friendships that you have that you know um, are just not healthy, that are taking you away from God rather than leading you to God. Maybe you're someone who has suppressed your emotional life. You've not let people in. Even those you trust, you're just keeping them at a distance because of maybe hurts of the past because maybe you just never grew up that way maybe you're suppressing uh, your emotions because of insecurity or maybe you're someone who has been ruled over by your emotions someone that you know um, emotions cause you to to, uh, spiral down or go out of control in some way in your life and, and you don't want to be ruled over by your feelings, by your emotions anymore. But you're going to use them as a, the healthy tool that God gave you. Well, let's pray and let's give all of that to God. Father, I thank you today, Lord, that um, you've called us to have healthy relationships. Um, and I thank you, Lord, that you have so much wisdom for us regarding how we think about relationships, the choices we make and our emotional life and right now Lord we surrender all of this stuff to you Lord every part of our lives where um, where there's not wholeness every part that's broken every part that needs your healing Lord every choice that we have made or are making that we just know is not healthy Father we surrender it to you we give it to you God I see a people who do life together really, really well. I believe that you called us as a church family to do life really well together, to be people who have depth of relationship, whose relationships are meaningful, who grow together. Lord, we just give this to you today. And we thank you, Lord, that your will would be done, that your kingdom would come in this area of church life of our lives thank you God Lord we worship you Lord we worship you let's worship Jesus Lord we worship you Lord you're wonderful Lord you're wonderful Lord you're wonderful you're everything we need Lord you're everything that satisfies you're everything that fulfills our lives there is nothing that this world can offer us that fulfills Lord, you're everything. You're everything. Holy Spirit, I thank you that even now, even now, Lord, as we just soften our hearts before you, Holy Spirit, come and fill us.
with your love. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your strength right now, Lord. Fill us with your wisdom. Spirit of God, fill your people. Fill your people now. Strengthen us, Lord. Cause us to be the people that you've called us to be. Because we know it's not by might and not by power, but it's by your Spirit. Our ability to do anything, it's not according to works or the law, but it's according to the grace that your Spirit brings. When you fill us, Lord, Lord, we thank you. Lord, that everything we couldn't do, Lord, we now can do. Everything we weren't, Lord, we now are. Thank you, Father. Lord, we worship you. Hallelujah. Amen. And I want to encourage you. Um, you know, we've spoken three weeks about setting ourselves up for a healthy and prosperous year. And those three weeks, what is your next step? Maybe one of them stood out more than another. What is your next step? Even from today, what is your next step that you are going to take? That was great, Pastor Stu. Let's show our appreciation to Pastor Stu this morning.